بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ومن اقتدى بسنته إلى يوم الدين أما بعد إن شاء الله we will continue with the reading of the Sharh of Aqidat al-Raziyyain Al-Usul or Al-Asl al-Itiqad Al-Din from Abi Hatim al-Razi wa Abi Zur'ah rahimahum Allah ta'ala with a question from the son Ibn Abi or the son of Abi Hatim Ibn Abi Hatim rahimahullah Today we'll focus on completing last week's lesson. As you can remember, inshallah, the last lesson we were dealing with uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be seen in the hereafter. That the believers will see Allah ta'ala in the hereafter. Mentioning proofs and evidences for this. From the book of Allah and the Sunnah, the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And to complete this maqta, the Shaykh he says, Rahimullah, the two Imams, they say, Rahimullah, wa yasma'una kalamahu kayfa sha'a wa kama sha'a. Ya'awannahu tabaraku ta'ala yura fil akhirah, yara'u ahlu jannati bi absarihim, wa yasma'una kalamahu kayfa sha'a. And that is that after mentioning that Allah will be seen in hereafter and the people of Jannah will see Allah they'll visualize, they'll see Allah with a true sight. He says, And they will hear his speech. They will hear his speech however he wills and how he wills. Or and as he wills. However he wills and as he wills. This is the first portion of today's lesson. And that is that here we find the Sheikh. The two Imams. They are affirming the Aqidah of Ahl Sunnah. That the people of the Sunnah. They hold that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His speech can be heard. And this is indeed an important affair which has proofs and evidences from the Qur'an and the Sunnah and the consensus of the Salaf. As for point number one, the proof that Allah His speech will be heard. Statement of Allah in Surah Tawbah, verse number six, وَإِنْ أَحَدٌ من المشركين استجارك فأجره حتى يسمع كلام الله. He says سبحانه وتعالى سورة التوبة verse number six if anyone from the polytheists seek your aid then aid them so they can hear the speech of Allah حتى يسمع كلام الله so they can hear the speech of Allah so in this verse Allah تبارك وتعالى clearly states تصريح that he سبحانه وتعالى speech can be heard 
and this is the aqid of Ahl Sunnati wal Jama'ah, in opposition to the Mu'tazila, to the Ashairah, and all of these deviant groups who placed their intellect, polluted be it, ahead of the text, the revelation. We, as the people of the Sunnah, we put the Qur'an and the Sunnah in the forefront of our Aqidah, in the forefront of our beliefs. And this is the main characteristic of the people of the Sunnah. And likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He said in Surah An-Nisa, verse 164, Remember these verses, Ya Ibadullah, my dear beloved brothers and sisters, and inshallah there will be an exam at the end of the book and from these questions will be asked. Where are the what is a proof from the Quran that Allah's speech can be heard? We mentioned a verse in Surah At-Tawbah, verse number six, and now Allahu Musa Taklima. And Musa Allah spoke to him with a speech, meaning that he heard it. And likewise, woman asked Allahi Hadith. Verse number eighty seven in Surah An Nisa again. And who is more truthful than Allah in speech? Woman asdaqu min Allahi qila. Surah An-Nisa again, verse 122. Who is more truthful than Allah in statements? And likewise Allah Taala mentions that he said, and that he spoke, and that he said, using the verb qala, he said, like in Surah Al-Ma'idah, verse number 110. Well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he said, إِذْ قَالَ اللَّهُ يَا عِيسَى بْنَ مَرْيَمُ When Allah said, O Isa ibn Maryam, Allah said, Allah spoke, and his speech was heard, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam. And likewise, Allah mentions in Surah Al-Baqarah, verse number 253, Minhum man kallam Allah. Regarding the Anbiya, the, the Rasul, the Messengers and the Prophets, Allah Ta'ala, He says, and from them are those who He spoke to. And likewise, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala mentions in Surah Al-A'raf, وَلَمَّا جَاءَ مُوسَى لِمِيقَاتِنَا وَكَلَّمَهُ رَبُّهُ When Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said, and when Musa came to our appointed meeting, or appointed, that appointed time, وَكَلَّمَهُ رَبُّهُ And his Lord spoke to him. So Allah spoke to Musa, and Musa heard. And likewise, we find in other places in the Qur'an, where Allah Ta'ala, he mentions that he called out. He called out. And when Allah calls out, no doubt that means that it's heard. That, like this is a statement of Allah Taala in Surah Al-Sha'ara, verse number ten, where He said, Subhanahu Taala, Wa idnada Rabbuka Musa anitil qawmadhalimin. When Allah said, Wa idnada, and when He called out Your Lord to Musa, He called out Your Lord to Musa that You should come and go to the people who are oppressed or oppressive. And and this is a, a, a command from Allah Taala 
to Musa والسلام, and he called him out. And this Barakallahu Feekum, this Nida, is this calling out or calling somebody out, they hear. And this is a speech of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. They hear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's speech. And likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Yunadihim for Yaqul Mada Ajibutumul Mursaleen. And then he will call them, Yani Allah Tabarak Ta'ala. This is in Surah Qasas, verse number sixty-five. And he he will call them, and then he will say. So in this Barakalafikum verse, Allah says he will call them out. Then he will say, Mada Ajabtumul Mursaleen. What was your answer to the messengers? What were your, was your answer to their call to Tawheed? What was your answer to their call to implementing and obeying Allah in uh, implementing the legislation here in this verse, Surah Al Qasas, uh, verse number 65? Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala mentions Nida, calling out, and also mentions Al Qawl, yani Yaqulu, he said, two proofs in one verse that Allah's speech can be heard. And this is the aqeed of Ahl Sunnah. And as for the proofs in the Sunnah, we said that it is a consensus, Barakalafikum, sorry, it's, it's, a, it's a proof and evidences from the Quran and the Sunnah. We've mentioned the verses in the Quran, some examples. There are many, there are plenty. As for the Sunnah of the Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we have this hadith where the Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says, Ala Rajulun Yahmiluni ila qawmi. أو يحمل يحملن يحملني إلى قومه فإن قريشا منعوني أن أبلغ كلام ربي. He said, the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He said, is there a man who would take me to his people, who would bring me to his people, because the Quraysh, the polytheists in Mecca at that time, منعوني. They prevented me from transmitting kalam Rabbi, from transmitting the speech of my Lord, transmitting the speech of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. That is heard, the speech of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. And in the hadith also, which is in the Barakalafikum in Sahil ibn Hibban, in Sahih ibn Hibban, which is authenticated by Sheikh al-Albani rahimullah ta'ala and also is in the mustadrak of al-Hakim where su'ilan Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was asked hal kana Adam nabiyan was Adam a prophet was Adam a prophet and then the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam faqal na'am he said na'am mukallam Naam Mukallam. So yes, Adam was a prophet. He was spoken to, yani by Allah. Yani kallamuhullah. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says we mentioned previously, minhum man kallam Allah. And from them, yani from the prophets, are those who he spoke to. So the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was asked, Hal kana Adamu Nabiyan was Adam uh, a prophet? 
قَالًا فَقَالَ نَعْمْ Yes, مُكَلَّمْ يعني كَلَّمَهُ اللَّهُ Allah spoke to Adam meaning that Adam heard the speech of Allah and this is the proof from the hadith of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam regarding this affair and on this, the ulama of the Salaf they agreed upon this which is why Imam Abu Hatim al-Razi, Abu Hatim al-Razi rahimullah, and likewise Abu Zura, they mentioned, وَيَسْمَعُونَ كَلَامَهُ كَيْفَ شَاءَ وَكَمَا شَاءَ And they hear his speech, and his last speech will be heard. This is the aqeed of Ahl sunnah the aqeed of the people of the sunnah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speech will be heard. The next affair, third point, after the first point was a proof in the Quran, the second point was a proof in the sunnah, and the third, rather, was the consensus that we've established from the statement of these two imams. Number four is when we look at this sifa of kalam, the speech of Allah Taala. We say, as the people of the Sunnah, that the speech of Allah min jihatin huwa sifatun thatiya. In one aspect. The kalam of Allah, the speech of Allah, is an attribute pertaining to his essence, meaning that he'll always be having the characteristic or the attribute of speech. It is something that is, does not yanfuk anhu subhanahu wa ta'ala. He always has that attribute of speaking. So therefore it's sifatun dhatiya. And in another aspect... It's sifatun fi'liya. In another aspect, it's an attribute of his actions. What's the difference between dhatiya and fi'liya? The difference is that dhatiya is his essence. So the essence of Allah is that he speaks. And the fi'liya, which is the speech here as it relates also, is that he speech, speaks subhanahu wa ta'ala when he wills. To whom he wills, what he wills. He speaks when he wills, subhanahu wa ta'ala, to whom he wills, and when he wills. Which is why the two imams they mention here, kaifa sha'a, wa kama sha'a. How he wills, and as he wills. As he wills is dealing with this point here. And also, this point also shows us when he says, Kaifa Sha'a, however he wills, meaning that we do not know how. And we leave that to Allah Ta'ala. We do not explore the Mahiyya, the Kaif, the how, as it relates to the attributes of Allah. This is indeed why the people of Bid'ah fell astray and went astray regarding that. We do not ask how. Allah did not make it upon us to ask how. The Messenger وسلم, did not ask how. And neither did the Sahaba the companions, students of the Messenger وسلم, they never asked how. Which is why Imam Malik, rahimullahu ta'ala, he mentioned this principle 
regarding the sifat and the attributes of Allah Taala. Ainam, where he said regarding al-istiwa, al-istiwa, ma'loom, wal kaif, majhul, wasu'alu anhu bid'ah, where he said regarding the rising of Allah Taala, his rising above his throne, as we studied a couple of weeks ago. He said that the rising of Allah Taala is known, meaning the word istiwa is known. It's known in the Arabic language. But how is unknown? It's not known. We have not been given that knowledge. And we have not been commanded to seek that knowledge. This is a principle for Allah's attribute when, about him rising subhanahu wa ta'ala but it's a qaida it's a principle for all of his attributes we do not say kaif so here they said however he wills yani we leave it to allah however he wills yani his speech and his speech subhanahu wa ta'ala we say it's however he wills subhanahu wa ta'ala and as he wills subhanahu wa ta'ala now and that is the pure submission of the people of the Sunnah to adherence to the Quran and the Sunnah. We do not use our intellects to overwhelm that which is found in the Book of Allah and the Sunnah of the Messenger. After that, the two Imams they said, and this is point number 12 on your screen. And paradise is the truth. And the hellfire is the truth. And both of them have already been created and will never perish. They will always remain. And paradise is a reward for the allies of Allah, وَالنَّارُ عِقَابُ لِأَهْلِ مَعْصِيَتِهِ إِلَّا مَنْ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهُ وَرَحِمَ اللَّهُ أَزَوَجَلْ And that is, that paradise is the reward for the friends of Allah, the allies of Allah. And the hellfire is the punishment and retribution for the people of sins, except for those who Allah has had mercy or shows his mercy to. So basically this maqta here, point number 12, is indeed dealing with the affair of the existence right now of paradise and hellfire. Yani Jannah and Nar Makhluqani they are created and they are present now. Layafniani. And they it doesn't they do not perish, they will remain. And this is the aqeed of Ahl Sunnati Wal Jama'ah. So we'll deal with a few points, sub points ta'ala pertaining to this issue. The first point is what is the meaning of Jannah? What is the meaning 
of Jannah. That's point number one linguistically. What's the meaning of Jannah linguistically? The meaning of Jannah, Filora al Bustan, gardens. That's the meaning. And its linguistic formation, it has a root word, a three root, three lettered root. And that is Jannana, which you've studied before. And if I were to ask you, my dear beloved brothers and sisters, what does the root Jannana with Jim, Noon, and another Noon, words with that root, what is the root meaning for words with that root? And if I were to ask you, I'm sure bi'ibnillahi ta'ala, that you would say, means something that is concealed something that is concealed that cannot be seen so we have for example jinn from the same root words we cannot see them and also we have mijan and that is the shield that is used in war so the enemy cannot see you and likewise here we have jinn with the same jim noon jannah because it's called jannah for two reasons the ulama have mentioned the first reason that jannah has this formation is that it's a garden with trees and with Generally, linguistically, Jannah uh, in, in the linguistic meaning is like a garden with trees covering the earth. So you cannot see the earth. The earth, earth has been concealed with the trees. As we look at a garden, they have grass. You cannot see the earth. Generally, it's covered by trees and grass and fields. So it is concealed. So that's the origin of the meaning of that word in its root. And secondly, the ulama have mentioned that it's called Jannah. Now we're talking about Jannah in the hereafter. Not garden in general, but Jannah in the hereafter. It's called Jannah with this form, linguistic root word in the Arabic language. Because the reward you cannot see in this life is concealed from you in this life. It's waiting in the hereafter in Jannah. The reward in Jannah is concealed from us. In this life, and it's waiting in Jannah. May Allah make us be from those whose reward is waiting for us in Jannah. So, Jannah has that meaning linguistically. As for the word Jannah, when mentioned in the Quran and the Sunnah as part of the affairs of the hereafter, we have a definition we can give, and that is Hiyadaru. Awliya illahi azawajal. Hiyadaru awliya illahi azawajal. It is the abode for the allies of Allah. Azawajal, as is mentioned by the two Imams. Allati yu'wihim ilayha. That dar, that abode which has been made for them as a home it's been made for them as a home and the everlasting 
reward lahum for them. So it's that abode that's in the hereafter for the allies of Allah, those who are obedient to Allah, those who believe in Allah. This Jannah is prepared for them and it's there in the hereafter. And it will be made their destination. And they will receive everlasting reward. And this is the definition of Jannah. Which is mentioned in various books of the scholars of Loga and Ad-Din. As for An-Nar, which is the second part of this Dars. The Nar Hellfire. This is something that is known. We know Hesian, we know the fire is something which burns, and fire is something which has been lit up, flames, and by fire has its various colours that form its light appearance and heat. This is something which is known in the Arabic language, and in every language in fact. As for a shara, as for as it relates to the definition of an-nar which is mentioned in lawami' al-anwar al-bahiyyah lawami' you can call it is mentioned here that is hiya daru allati addaha allahu azawajal li'iqabi usatihi nar the hellfire is that abode is that place which has been prepared as a punishment for those who disobey Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. This is these are the definitions, Barakallah Fikum, of Hellfire Jannah and Hellfire. And that hellfire is the Dar, the abode that has been prepared by Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala for those who Disobey him as a punishment, a retribution, punishment for those who disobey him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. It shows you the importance of studying this affair of Jannah and studying this affair of the hellfire. As everyone would test themselves as to how are they as it relates to their ibadah, their worship, and how are they as it relates to their aqidah, belief, and how are they as it relates to Remembrance of Allah Taala, whilst we're studying this affair of Jannah, and we're studying this affair of the here, uh, the hellfire. May Allah Taala make us be from the people of Jannah to Firdos, and distance us from the punishment of the hellfire. And this brings us to the next point that we're going to deal with, and that is regarding the Usatul Rabb, those who are sinners and disobey Allah Taala. Those who disobey Allah Taala are in general mentioned in two categories. There are two general categories for those who disobey Allah Taala. The first of all of them, min al-nar iqabuhu iqaban sarmadiyan abadiyan la yantahi. The first category of disobedient ones to Allah Taala are those whose existence or their presence in the hellfire is an everlasting presence and it does not end their presence in the hellfire is an everlasting presence and it does not end 
وهؤلاء هم الكفار وأهل النفاق الاعتقادي لأنهم كفر في الباطن and this category are those who, disob- who uh, disbelieve in Allah those who are from the kuffar they disbelieve in Allah tabarak wa ta'ala they do not accept Islam they do not worship Allah tabarak wa ta'ala upon tawheed they fall into shirk akbar major shirk and they die upon that and they die upon that wa ahlun nifaq and the people of hypocrisy and that hypocrisy of disbelief meaning that they have this hypocrisy where they are concealing their disbelief in their hearts and even if they outwardly show the uh, the general signs of al islam their i'tiqad their belief which is concealed in their chest is that of their i'tiqad is that of disbelief their belief and creed is that of disbelief so we have nifaq al i'tiqadi and that is those for example the munafiqun in the time of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam who were enemies to the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam in secret but in the open they prayed the salawat and so forth but they were munafiqun nifaq they had nifaq al-i'tiqadi and nifaq al-i'tiqadi and that hypocrisy regarding their belief these are the people who would be in the hellfire forever and that is the first category of the those who are disobedient to Allah the second category huwa man iqabuhu muddatun mahdudah muddatun mahdudah and that is the person whose presence in the hellfire is a presence that is limited for a period of time wa hum man laqullaha ala kabiratin min ahl iman they are those who meet Allah tabarakahu ta'ala falling into major sins and they are from the people of iman falling into major sins and they are from the people of iman where is the major sins and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam has threatened these categories uh, in the book of Allah and it's threatened in the they're threatened in the sunnah of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and they're from ahl iman they're from the people of iman they're believers waqtadat mashiatullahi and yu'adhibuhum and it's from the will of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala that he punished them thumma ma'wahum ba'du ila al-jannah and then after they've been purified and received their retribution in the hellfire their abode will be in jannah after that the abode will be in Jannah after that. And this Barakallahu Fikum, well, these are the two categories. And we have to ask Allah Ta'ala to distance us from the first category fundamentally and, def- and the second category also. Which is why we have the dua, the supplication, which is mentioned in Surah Al-Baqarah, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana, وفي الآخرة حسنة وقينا عذاب النار. Oh our Lord, give us in this world this du'a. We should be making this du'a frequently. Allah, give us in this world that which is good, and in the hereafter that which is good. وقينا عذاب النار. And protect us, shield us away from the punishment of the hellfire. 
And that includes these two categories. We're asking Allah Taala to distance us from the first category, who are those in the hellfire forever, and we're asking Allah to distance us also from those who are in the hellfire for a period of time, from falling into major sins. And Allah Subhanahu Taala, from His wisdom and His fairness, has made them stay in the hellfire for a period of time, and then they'll be in Jannah. We ask Allah to distance us from category one and distance us from category two and we have a hadith of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam a narration which is uh, sahih authentic in, in sahih muslim on the authority of abi sa'id al-khudri rahimullah ta'ala and rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said amma ahlun nari alladhina hum ahluha as for the people of the fire who are its, its residents. And they are from the people of fire. These are those who will be in hellfire forever. They will neither die in the hellfire nor will they have any raha. They, will have, they won't have any peace. These are those who are from the first category that are in a hellfire forever. These are the people of the fire who are like the residents. This is where they are from. Like you say, Ahlu Nigeria, you're the people of Nigeria. This is where you're from. Allah's Messenger says, That they are from there. This is their home. This is where they're going to stay forever. And this is the category number one that we mentioned in the categories. They will not die there. And they will not have raha. And Imam Sa'di, rahimullah ta'ala, Abdurrahman Sa'di, he mentioned regarding this affair, Yani, yu'adhib, yu'adhib, they will not die there. Instead, they will receive an immense punishment and pain. Without any rest, without any tranquility, without any peace. Without any rest. For verily these people will seek death. They would want to die due to the torment and the pain that it is in a hellfire. They will wish they would die. They will hope to die. But they will not receive that. These are, Barakallahu Fikum, the first category, as we mentioned. And then the Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he says, وَلَكِنْ نَاسٌ أَصَابَتْهُمُ النَّارُ بِذُنُوبِهِمْ And then the second category is a people. Who are afflicted with the hellfire because of their sins. Or their mistakes that they died upon. From the will of Allah. Then after they are in a hellfire, they will die. With a death. Until they are like charcoal. Until they are like charcoal. And that is the, the sinner's. Who have iman, but they will be in a hellfire temporarily. They will die. 
and then they'll be like fahma like charcoal udhina bishafa'a and then they will be give there will be permission for them to receive inter intercession fajia bihim dabaira dabair and then they will be assembled in groups in groups and then they will be uh, blessed after that by be being put in the paradise jannah and that is the sinner so they have to go for a period of time uh, as purification from their sins in this dunya may Allah ta'ala protect us and distance us from these two categories and this is a hadith which is in sahih muslim and is under authority of Abi Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu anhum important hadith regarding the two uh, categories as it relates to uh, the sinners those who sin and disobey Allah ta'ala in the hellfire their abode will be one internally and the second temporarily the fourth affair here is this maqta, this portion here mentioned by the two imams regarding Jannah and, and uh, Paradise and uh, the Hellfire. There are a few affairs that we can deal with. The first is, is in this is a tambihu ila mastafada fil kitabi wa sunnah wa ajma alayhi a'immata sunnah min anna al-jannata wa nara thabita tani thabootan la yunazi'u fihi illa mukabirun. And that is that they are showing us here these two imams, as mentioned by Shaykh Ubaid in his explanation of Raziyain, Al-Alama Ubaid al-Jabiri, Hafidhullah Ta'ala, that this is a tambir, this is a notification or a, a point that want, they're putting to our attention of that which is widespread in the Quran and the Sunnah, and that the Ummah, the ulama of the Ummah, the scholars of the Salaf, they have gathered and they've had a consensus regarding the Jannah, Paradise, and the Hellfire. And that is that, Barakallahu Fikum, the Paradise exists now. And the Hellfire exists now. The proof of this is in the Quran. And the Sunnah of the Messenger, Sallallahu and also the consensus of the Salaf. Paradise exists now. And Hellfire exists now. As for the proof from the Quran, from them is a statement it's in the statement of Allah Ta'ala in Surah Ali Imran, verse number 133. Lil Regarding Jannah, for the uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, It's been prepared already for the pious ones, paradise. And here's a proof in this verse that paradise exists now. Jannah exists now. We must believe that this is from the Aqidah of the Muslim. Paradise uh, Exists now as Allah has told us. Uiddet lil muttaqin. It's been prepared huh, for the pious ones, the righteous. And likewise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Hadid, Uiddet lil ladina amanu billahi wa rusuli. And it has been prepared for the ones who believe in Allah and His messengers, alayhim salatu wasalam, showing the importance of aqidah, the belief in Allah. And that which Allah Taala has revealed, and believe in the messengers, alayhim salatu salam, and that which the messengers were sent with, Uiddat lil ladina amanu billahi wa rusulih, Surah Al Hadid, verse number twenty-one, prepared. Yani Jannah has been prepared, meaning it exists now, for those who have iman in Allah and his mess and believe in his messengers. Ainam. As for the hellfire. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions again in Surah Al-Imran 
a few verses before in verse 131 where he says that the, the hellfire has been prepared for the disbelievers and these, this, this word in here prepared this does not mean accept it's been prepared and it exists it's a proof from the Quran clear proof that Jannah exists in Surah Ali Imran 133 and the hellfire exists in Surah Ali Imran 131 as for the Sunnah of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam it's mentioned in the Sunnah in various ahadith that Jannah and the hellfire exist and for, we mention a, a, a narration. And from them is the narration of Abdullah ibn Abbas in Radiyallahu Anhuma and in Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Inni Ra'aytul Jannata Aw Uritul Jannata Fatanawaltu Minha Unqura Unqudan Walaw Akhaftuhu Laakaltum Minhu Ma Bakiyatid Dunya Wa Ra'aytul Nar Falam Ara Kalyomi Mandaran Kattu and here the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam he mentions in this hadith which is in bukhari and muslim he said that paradise i saw paradise i saw jannah or the narrator said jannah was shown to me which both have the same meaning he said he saw jannah or jannah was shown to me he said sallallahu alaihi wasallam and then he grabbed a bunch of fruits, unkuden, a bunch of fruits, <clears throat> and if you were to take it, you 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 eat from it, there will be nothing left in the dunya. He said, and I saw the hellfire, and have not seen a sight like that due to the fire, the hellfire. Waraitu, and I saw akthara ahliha nisa and I saw. That the majority, the majority of its inhabitants were women. So this here, Barakallahu Fikum, is a proof from the clear wording of the Messenger, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that it exists. That the paradise exists. And he even said, فَلَمْ أَرَى كَالْيَوْمِ مَنْذَرًا قَدْ and then he said that that day he has not seen anything similar to that which he saw in the hellfire. So it shows Barakallahu Fikum that the hellfire exists. And that Jannah exists from this hadith of the Messenger. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And likewise in the hadith which is in Bukhari. Sahih Bukhari and Imran ibn Hussein. Radiyallahu an. He said, Tala'atu fil jannah faraitu akthar ahliha al fuqara well, he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, this hadith of Imran ibn Hussein, he said, I visualized paradise. He visualized paradise, present. And I saw the majority of people in paradise are the poor. The poor, due to their humility. And I visualized the fire and I saw that the majority of its inhabitants were the women. 
So this here, Barakallahu Fikum, is a pr proof from the Quran and Sunnah that Jannah and Paradise exists. And Jannah, yani Paradise and Hellfire exist. And also this is a consensus from and amongst the people of the Sunnah. As is mentioned by Imam Ahmed in Usul Sunnah. And also it's mentioned in Al-Ijma' of Karmani. And also Ibn Abatta, he mentions this consensus in Alibanatul Kubara. Alibanatul Kubara. Aynam. Consensus, agreement amongst the people of the Sunnah, the scholars of the Sunnah from the Salaf, that paradise and hellfire are created and they exist now. After this, we mentioned some points here regarding those who oppose this belief and no doubt as you know we have those from the people of Bid'ah like the Jahmiya and the Mu'tazila who oppose what they oppose from the beliefs and the affairs of Aqidah the names and attributes of Allah and likewise they oppose this affair here of Jannah and Hellfire being present and created the Jahmiya they say along with the Mu'tazila, especially the Mu'tazila, that they say that Jannah and, and Nar, the par paradise and hellfire, is not created, it's not present now. And they said that it's useless it being present now. We have Billah. They say it's useless that hellfire and Jannah, or Jannah and hellfire are present now. It's Abbath. It's useless. And this, as you can see, Barakallahu Fikum, after these immense ten texts that or texts that we've mentioned from the Quran and the Sunnah. After this they use their intellect. Because they need the intellect to uh comprehend everything. And anything that they themselves or their intellect cannot comprehend that knowing that the brain is limited and the aqal the intellect is limited, they negate. So because they cannot conceptualize this affair, they negate it and they say it's not present now, it's not created. And this shows you the importance of not using our intellect ahead of the text. And not using our intellect at the head of a text. Because the aql as salim the intellect that is sound, la yu'arid and naql as-sahih. The intellect that is sound will not oppose, barakallahu fikum, a text that is indeed authentic. We've mentioned authentic texts here from the Quran and the Sunnah regarding the existence of Jannah and the Hellfire. But the people whose minds have been corrupted and polluted with bid'ah and in, uh, with innovations and inad and stubbornness and arrogance, their intellect will be polluted. And the more arrogant they are and the more fikum, uh, stubborn that they are, their fitra and their natural disposition, the pure pureness is reduced and distanced until they start negating more and more that which Allah Ta'ala has mentioned in the Quran and in the Sunnah and they become philosophers like the Jahmiya and the Mu'tazila they were able to philosophize they were able to philosophize uh, they were lyricists as you say but they were not purified with that philosophy that they had, as Shaykh al Islam ibn Taymiyyah mentioned, Utu Zakat, Walam Utu Zakat. 
They were given intellect, ability to think, but that intellect did not purify them because it wasn't salim. That intellect was not sound. So the servant of Allah, whose intellect is sound, submits to the Quran and the Sunnah. And they mentioned that it's not existence. And we say with one refutation that we have the text, Barakallahu Fikum, we have the Quran and the Sunnah mentioning this, and likewise, we also have uh, the consensus of the Salaf. We have the Quran and we have the Sunnah, and that Barakallahu Fikum is more pleasing to us than the intellect of anyone. That's more pleasing to us than the intellect of anyone. There's more that we can deal with regarding this affair of Al-Jannah, Paradise, and the affair of the Hellfire. But we'll stop here because of time. And perhaps in the future, inshallah, we'll deal with this more intensively. Um, to conclude, we say that from the Aqeed of Ahl Sunnah, the Aqeed and the Creed of the uh, people of the sunnah is that the paradise jannah is created likewise hellfire is created and they're both present now and jannah is for and the home for those who believe in allah and obey allah ta'ala and hellfire are for those who disobey allah in their two categories there are some who disobey from the disobedient ones to allah that they will be in a hellfire forever and that's those are the disbelievers and those who will be in the hellfire for a period of time from the wisdom of Allah and his fairness uh, from the people of Iman and then they will be taken out of the hellfire and put into Jannah so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us be from the people of Jannah and that he distance us from the punishment of the hellfire Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adab al-nar O our Lord give us the good in this life and the good in the hereafter and distance us from the punishment of the hellfire. Ameen. Hadha wallahu a'lam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.